It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, are we talking about the DK fight and then something else, or just the DK fight and then spinning off from that? What do you reckon? DK fight is an interesting one because... It was, you would have thought somebody so full of shit wouldn't have got so far with so many hits. But, I mean, I have a um, lot, I have a lot to say about it. So that's the thing. It's the World of Martial Arts show. We're going to go straight into it because, you know, you guys who listen to us, you know, we like a bit of Jeet Kune Do. So we were so excited to see the modern day self-styled Bruce Lee actually fight. And it was going to be amazing. And uh, yeah, do you know what? I saw it. And uh, I'm going to go straight to Nathan Leventon because I think he's got a little bit to say about this. Over to you, Nathan. Yeah, so we just had last night, well, early this morning, our time was the South Korean martial artist DKU fighting uh, Bradley Scott. Now, I actually know Brad. Brad's been over his training at my gym. Uh, he used to come over when Kenny Johnson, the wrestling coach, was here. And he's come over and trained a little bit. Uh, and obviously, Brad's a former UFC fighter, uh, middleweight, I believe. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I will put it straight out that I do know him. And obviously, uh, I did message him before the fight saying I wanted to <laughs> put it on this guy. Um, now, Brad said before the fight that he was going to take it easy. He didn't want to hurt him. He was going to go to the body, which is what happened in the fight. If you're outside the YouTube martial arts world, you may not know DKU. Like I know, Mick, you said you didn't really know him that much. But as soon as you start looking at his videos, there are millions and millions of views on his videos. Some of his videos, I, I looked at one of those, got like eight and a half million views. And he's got a lot of followers and a lot of fans, and a lot of people who do call him like the, the modern day Bruce Lee and do think he's like the second coming in martial arts. And he said himself that he could fight anyone in the UFC and that he would fight Conor McGregor and made some really bold claims. Um, before we talk about the fight, I don't know if you guys have seen any of his clips and anything that you make of those. Well, if you don't mind me saying, I'm so late to the party on this guy. Like, literally, I just spent the most of yesterday and today just literally binging on watching this guy. And I just could not believe the amount of shit I saw. But then I was seeing how many views he was getting. And I couldn't believe it because it was like, 
uh, he, like, he covered everything. This guy is literally like a touchstone to every bullshito martial art out there. When you think he can only do one, you find out that he lays claim to something else. It's like he's a master in like 18 different arts, he said. And I was just watching it, and every demo he did was against a compliant guy. And the other one is, oh, I'm in martial arts. And it was, I didn't get it. I like, and I'm always on YouTube. I must admit, most of the time, conspiracy theories and stuff that, and you know, cats sneezing. But I, I was like, that. How the hell has this guy got so huge? And then it was great to see him, Nathan. So, yeah, what did you actually see in the videos? Because the videos I saw, there were ones of him doing like old school kung fu kind of demos where people line up and they're all pushing into each other. So he's only really pushing against one person and he's holding back a line of people. And some of that, um, a lot of it was just him standing there and just flicking his hand out really quickly to show that he can flick his hand out really quickly when he's not being hit and he's not having to move his feet. Um, and it's like, basically like he, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to play tag against this guy. Like I'm pretty sure he'd be good at that but I don't think it had anything to do with martial arts. I didn't really see any martial arts. There was lots of guys standing square, straight up with headgear on, and he just hit them and they fall over. And that's kind of it. I didn't really, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all either. I think, I mean, behold the significance of like the martial art demo, you know, I mean, go watch the foot fist way or one of these movies that really kind of, has a a scene that's talking about the demonstration you know i i in contrast to you mick i was early to the party for him which is to say i've been seeing at least compilation videos of his demos for uh, several years now i think for quite a while um i've never done a deep dive i don't know anything about him i only this boxing match match recently came up where i was like oh okay he's south korean and you know like i could have put that together but i don't know anything about him I've always enjoyed some of his demos because I'm kind of a geek for that stuff. And I think watching the way that he's demonstrating principles of how um, the, the, oh, what can I say? The structures of a body can be manipulated certain ways is interesting to look at in a demonstration. I don't think that has anything to do with fighting with martial art and that context. You know what I mean? I just, some of this stuff, they're, they're parlor tricks, but I like a magician now and again, you know, they're kind of interesting parlor tricks, you know? And I was saying to you, um, like via messenger, Nathan, just a few days ago of like, I've always thought that stuff is interesting, but you have to be self-aware that this isn't anything to do with fighting, you know? And I always took his videos to be that. I'm just sort of demonstrating uh, knowledge of bodies and stuff that I've learned through the martial arts. And that, that I, I think is fascinating on, as a spectator and as a martial artist. But I was dumbfounded when you said, no, he's calling people out like he could beat everyone. And it's like watching, you know, a clown entertain people and not a good clown, a birthday clown entertain people. And then they're like, no, I mean, I'm a professional actor. I think I'm going to get this uh, Academy Award winning role. Like, buddy, no, you're an entertainer. There's a difference there, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's I, the content that he's put out is maybe fun to look at. And I guess I had no idea they had that many views. I thought it was just martial art nerds like me looking at stuff on their phone. But uh, I guess if it's that big of a deal, it's because it's showy. But uh, I have to assume it's like the Detroit urban tactical thing that we're seeing so much of now too, which hits those guys, by the way, literally are a half mile from where I teach and they're right up the street from where I live. And 
it, like when you watch those guys demonstrate, there's nothing worth looking at. It's all, it just looks like people falling all over each other, or at least with DK stuff. I was like, I don't know, it's kind of fun to see. God, I just, yeah, the idea that he jumped into the ring off of that is bizarre. Mick, you're in some of the same worlds that I'm in, you know, that, that, does some of that stuff, you and I have talked about this before, does some of that kind of demonstration evoke anything for you, or is it just, just like cringeworthy? Well, you see, this is the thing, right? What I had, I had two things immediately when I saw him. So when I immediately saw him, I thought to myself, because there was a couple of shots from the back, and I was thinking, Mikhail from Sistema has lost a lot of weight. You know what I mean? Because he was doing the same moving around and all of this crazy, awful breakdance thing on waveform stuff. And I was like, people really buy that. And, you know, that's the point where, especially if, if you do martial arts and try and make money out of it, it really kills you because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty legit. You know, I, I, you know, what I'll teach you, I, I won't BS you on any of it. And, like, I'll really, and then it's like, but people are still, they still have this. And then while I was watching his, while I was watching his demos, uh, I saw a great post, by the way, uh, John Will put it up, where he basically just called it out, but in great John Will style. So it was like, you know, John Will basically, I would say, is like, he's, he's sort of like a combination between Ernest Hemingway, right, and Oscar Wilde. So he's got that brutal realism, but then he's got this wit that goes underneath it where you go, is he insulting them or not? And they go, shit. He's really insulting them. That's a real burn that he's put on this guy. And I was looking, I was looking at this, like the demos, and I was like, I can't wait to see the fight. And uh, I'm using that term very loosely. But I saw it, and I was like, this coming. Oh my god, that's like the kung fu master who was 52 years of age who went up against the MMA guy, famously on, you know, where he, he, you could see a guy having a mental breakdown, but with him. That Kung Fu guy was questioned. You could see basically his resolve, his faith in himself, because everything about his personality seemed to be entrenched in his martial arts. And you just saw him almost visit. And it's, I'll tell you something, it's the nearest thing to a snuff movie you're going to see in martial arts, because the guy almost dies in front of you. It's, it's unreal. Nathan? Yeah, I mean, part of me wants to get sidetracked onto martial arts demos, but I, we are going to have to bring it back to the fight. But I have to admit, I've seen these videos of his come up. And man, there is a bit of me, the, the kid who used to watch martial arts films. And when I didn't engage my brain, I have seen his videos and gone, ooh, ooh, oh, you just, oh, that's fucking cool. Because it's, like it's like watching a martial arts movie. Like, is watching a scene in... That's John what I was going to say. It's like wushu. Or like, yeah, I don't think fighting looks like that, but it's fun to watch, you know? But even though he makes it look like he's actually would be knocking people out. So there was a little bit of me that's like the, the, the martial arts movie nerd was in me was just kind of like, cool. And then it was literally this fight. It was knowing that he was going to fight Brad that made me go, oh, I wonder what he can actually do. And then I watched a couple of his clips back and I was like, oh shit, he can't fight at all. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. Like everything, everything he's doing to demo is designed in a way to emphasize the one thing he's trying to emphasize but every other variable is taken out like he doesn't have to move his feet he's not getting hit nothing like so that he can just isolate something to make it look good so i know there's a like i think you mentioned the uh the chinese guy that um, fought the kung fu guy so i believe dk was supposed to fight him originally 
but it was never actually going to happen. It was announced, but he's not allowed out of China, so it wasn't going to happen. And then this fight happened on very, very short notice. And Brad's like Brad's been retired. He's not fought in a few years. Obviously, you can see he's overweight in the in, in the photos and in the fight. And he's trained about three days and then flown all the way out to South Korea, uh, not slept for a day, and then stepped in there. Now, he's not going to make any excuses about that. Um, that is pretty awful way to get, to get into a fight. Um, I mean, I can't imagine being on holiday and being like, yeah, yeah, go and, go and train for three days and then fly halfway across the world. Um, and also, very special rules. You know, he had to wear 14-ounce gloves. DK got to wear 10-ounce gloves. And um, it was supposed to be boxing rules. But, you know, if he threw a back fist, they let that go. But then they penalized brad and like there was a lot of strange rules and narratives i mean that was one of the things as well there was this whole narrative before the fight of there's a that he's got a spine injury dk's got a spine injury it's the one question he was asked before the fight and it's the first thing he said afterwards he said i've got 10 percent use of my left arm i can't control my left arm um because it, if you take that narrative you don't have to watch the fight because you just oh that's the story oh a guy who couldn't use his left arm managed to survive against a UFC fight. So you don't actually have to think about what happened in the fight because you've got that story. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know, there was even before the fight at the press conference, they had a heavyweight there, a uh, heavyweight K1 fighter to call out Brad and say, why don't you fight someone your own size? Um, there was a lot of really strange stuff going on around this fight. Um, and yeah, okay. So you watched the fight, guys. What did you actually make of what happened in there? Well, if you don't mind me jumping in here, okay. I, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it because it literally was, um, you know, someone said to you, now water's wet, but you're just going to find out that water really is wet because it was that, it was like that real because there's a guy who's saying he's got one arm who's going up against a guy who's 20 kilos heavier than him, who's a pro fighter. And somewhere in the back of your mind, they're, they're creating that narrative, which is like, this is actually going to be a fight. But everything about you is like, every conscious thought you've got in your head is going, this is never going to be a fight. And then as soon as it goes from the opening bell, and all he does, like literally, it, all they had to do was play the Benny Hill soundtrack. That's the only way that that fight could have been improved. Because all it was was a case of a guy, playing, as you said, playing a bit of TIG, running backwards, evading shots then as soon as he got as soon as brad hit him with one shot he went straight to the body so you know if he had if he had a strong three punches together to the guy's head he would have dropped him right and then for a guy this is the one that got me uh and i have to admit this is the bit that i do like cause the thing is i love grappling so i love meeting anybody who's not only do i don't i don't rate grappling but i don't think there's a place for grappling in real fighting and then you just see a guy hang on for dear life for six rounds you know, I, I think, I don't know who put it, but some, I think it might be you, Nathan, that said he did more clinching than Hoist Gracie in UFC 1, which is exactly the truth, because everything that he demoed didn't work. And everything that he said didn't work actually sort of worked for him. You know what I mean? It was the only thing that actually saved him. It was an absolute travesty. But it was, I, I won't lie to you, uh, it was compelling to watch because it was, you were waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, all the way through it is like the last round of any Rocky movie ever, where it's like someone's getting knocked out here. That was going to happen. And then obviously, 
the commentary, you know, I don't know who that girl from like Korean loose women is, but I swear to God, she cannot commentate. And it was just, you know, where they were trying to sell it. The only time I saw commentary that worse was literally when Jim Brown and Kathy Long did, uh, and Bruce, uh, sorry, Bill Wallace did UFC one, where you've got three people going, well, we have to say something. You know, because it was like, you know, I, I don't know what, they were trying, they were, without saying that before, they were trying to polish a turd, weren't they? And it wasn't working. And it was so good. Nathan, what was your views on it? Yeah, the comment, the commentary was the worst commentary I've heard. There was so much stuff of, like, he would get hit, and it would be like, oh, you know, the how he absorbed the energy of that shot. And then he'd miss a shot, and it would be like, oh, if that had landed. And I'm like, what? What are you going on about? It was very, very strange commentary. Um, but, I mean, it's to be expected. I mean, the whole thing is set up as a win-win for DK. It's like... He's got every excuse under the sun. If you know, because he talked about his age, he talked about he's he's got a spine injury during the fight. He kept touching the back of his neck. He's like, you know, it's, it's boxing. Even though he's chosen the rules, so he can't do a lot of the things. He was saying, even though he chose a boxing match, he said, oh, "I've never worn gloves before. I don't really know how to do this." Like, it, it's basically a win-win. If he gets beat, if he gets dropped or anything, it's oh well. You know, that like this, this isn't what, you know, it, or if he had the gloves off, if he could have done this, if he could have kicked, if he could have that, he's always got a reason. Um, but with the thing that you said, I mean, yeah, the things he demoed didn't work in there. And I thought that was the first interesting thing. Like the speed went, as soon as he had to move his feet, the speed's gone. As soon as he's getting hit, the speed's gone. The stability that he supposedly got went as soon as he's getting pushed by someone who's actually on balance. But then you said as well about the things that he says doesn't work, worked. I thought that was interesting because he basically found out that everything that all the combat sports say, you know, like like clinching and you know and getting you know and you know evading and hitting and not not just planting your feet, moving and all the stuff that he's kind of not doing because he's not training boxing. Um, I mean, I I know he has said that oh he may go to Thailand and fight Thai fighters and stuff, which would be a, a million times worse. Um, but yeah, all the things that he doesn't really demo and doesn't really do, but is the bread and butter of combat sports. Hopefully, he's actually done him a favor. And after this fight, it's like, well, I've actually trained for a boxing match, and the things I normally do don't work. Maybe I should do a bit more of this. I mean, I doubt that will happen, but it could. I mean, it's, it's, everyone says, like, fair play for stepping in there. I don't know. Like, do we give him respect for stepping in there? I, like, I know you're supposed to. You're supposed to be like, Oh, well, he actually got in there. He actually had the fight. You've got to give him respect. I, I don't know. The whole narrative thing, that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, to be honest. Yeah, I had, if you'd asked me yesterday if I respect him getting in there, I would have been like, yeah, actually, that's the one part that's kind of cool. And when you sent me um, the update on how the fight had went, the fact that he went the distance, I was like, that's also kind of cool. But that's because I didn't know any of these details that you're describing until right now when we're having this conversation and realizing okay so really what we're talking about is you know jake and logan paul style like uh, inching further and further towards professional wrestling where these things are they're not staged they're not scripted but the rules behind the scenes are so stacked to make sure a specific outcome happens that we're, you know, 
we're an audience that's that's just sort of you know we're being kind of served up this thing this is how we want this fight to go for dk this is how we want um the the results to look and i oh, I, hate, I, I hate to interrupt you there but you said about the pro wrestling i don't know if you'd seen but the, on dk's video they put human versus bear and they'd also been saying that he doesn't like asians um and so they're they're, <laughs> they're basically cast brad as a racist and that he's wow. like not really human and keep calling him a, a bear against a human and that stuff was that, that that's the stuff that really got my back up i didn't like that at all yeah well and it's interesting like i because I, I didn't know much about brad and I, I didn't know that you knew him until we started talking about it you know um which is kind of cool and i don't blame you then for having some of that perspective of coming in hot about it you know that that changes my viewpoint as well the first thought that i had when i watched it or when I started it, because I didn't finish it, was uh, this is what it, the difference between watching conditioned fighters who have gone through training camps and stuff like that, and a martial artist who decides to get into the ring. You can see that immediately. There is such a difference. We talk about it all the I talk about it all the time, the difference between a martial artist and a fighter. There's correlation. There's a Venn diagram there we can make. But when you see that guy in that ring, you're like, this is, that's, that's what I would look like. That's, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, he's not ready for that level of thing. And it's hilarious, all of the excuses that come preloaded around the idea of, well, yeah, but in my defense, this is just boxing and boxing isn't my thing. And he's the guy who picked boxing. So again, from beginning to end, the thing is sort of a setup in that way. <clears throat> and then the second thing that actually made me stop watching it, and I just caught some highlights instead, was the um, commentators, like you guys said. So I just wanted to jump in on that too. That was, that literally was, she said um, something about, and Brad, you know, or, or and DK's fighting a guy who's been in the UFC. So that's like, like a big deal like okay that's the professional level of commentary we were getting from her it was like you had nothing to say about this <laughs> well it, well you see it's interesting you said that because a couple of points you brought up first of all if you've been around long enough like i have uh being in the ufc really isn't a huge big thing because you know uh with the greatest respect to him for going in there uh and he like he actually is one of my heroes is ron van cleef the, the, the black dragon, the guy who he, he taught time act, the guy from the last dragon, he was a legitimately pretty good martial artist, but he wasn't an athlete really. And he certainly wasn't a fighter. And he went into UFC. I think it might've been about UFC 10 and he went in and he has such a wake up call. And if you check his Instagram now, he's like a purple belt in BJJ. Now, you know, he came late to the party, but fair play to him. He came late to the party. What, you know, uh, it's quite funny because uh, it's like Nathan saying, the, the, the martial arts fan in me, the film fan in me, wanted some of it to at least work. You know what I mean? But then like the BJJ guy in me was looking at it and going, this is just a bouncer who's walked in after the street from Coventry, who's going to roll with me now and I'm going to crush him. And then he's going, but how did you do that? And I'm like, just because I'm smarter than you. And like, because I just know more and like I've been in this this real world for a while. And I think that's why if you do MMA, and especially, I, can, I can't really speak for Nathan, Nathan, but, you know, we teach, Kurt, we teach a sort of MMA, you know, by virtue of CSW. And, you know, Eric and Greg have taken that to the highest level ever. 
and we're, we're teaching it to hobbyists, but we still understand the sacrifice and, you know, the moxie it takes to be able to get into the cage and do it. You know what I mean? And then you see some guy come in and that, that was the one that got me. Cause I was like, half of me was, I had this internal jihad going on, which was, I really want some of it to work. And I'm like, but I want him to get battered as well, because I don't want people to think that, you know, you could just do a few YouTube clips and go in there and hang with the guy who's been in the UFC. Nathan. Yeah, I think Kurt probably missed some of the best commentary moments. If he switched it off early, there was a whole section where one of the guys on it went into basically a promo for DK system uh, talking all about it, talking about all the prep. And uh, there was a, there was one point where he kept, DK kept getting a hit and uh, the guy literally goes like, he doesn't want to make DK angry because if he gets angry, then like it's going to be dangerous, and he's going to, like he's like he's saying that he's going to hurt Brad if he gets angry, and then says, "But DK's just being nice to him," and I'm like, "Do they like DK's trying, really trying?" And Brad's like looking at the crowd, chatting, not trying at all. Uh, but they were trying to frame it as, "Oh man, DK's taking it easy on him. If he lost, if if he lost his temper, it's over." He literally says a couple of times, "Oh, if he wakes up because he gets angry, like this is going to be it." And I was just—I I don't even know what they were watching. It was a—it was just a whole other world. It's uh, like inserting uh, travel advertisements for visit South Korea. You're like, what is this? <laughs> uh, guys, swindled you, into here, <laughs> guys. I hope you don't mind, right? But um, literally, Nathan, you've just hit on something that I have to I have to mention. Um, Good friend of mine, Kev Capel, who's a legend. He's a great, great martial artist, wonderful human being, very interesting man. And Kev posted something on Facebook recently, or should I say social media, because we don't want to look like we're playing favorites here. But he, he was on social media anyway. And he 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 put this clip up of Red Mist, uh, which always amuses me when it comes to martial arts, because um, every bloke who's married to a woman called Karen, Karen will always say, don't upset Gregory, or if he gets angry. And I had that same feeling when you, you were saying, Nathan, when it was like, oh, he'll wake up soon. And I'm like, really? He's been punched in the head for four rounds now, and he hasn't woken up. Wow, well, that was some Horlicks he had last night. Uh, and it is funny. It's like, uh, it, it, is it like casual fans actually believe that anger will work? You guys know I've used this line several times. It taps right. into the martial arts movie thing. That's what it taps into. Again, it's that myth of like, you know, you push the man and he's, he holds back and he doesn't want to fight and he doesn't believe in fighting. But then when he does, nobody can stop him. And it's like, it's that, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's just got that whole myth around that. I mean, fair play. He took a load of shots and didn't go down from the shots. He got pushed over like eight, nine times. But like, he took some punches and punched back against Brad, who's a tough guy. Like, I do have to give him some respect for that. But all the claims he's ever made just were showing up, in my opinion. That's what I, uh, I feel looking at it. it. It may not be worthwhile, but I'm curious to ask you guys to speculate on whether or not, do you think, whether or not his his decision to take this, to do this fight, DK's decision to, to do this fight is hubris, is him actually thinking he's the next Bruce Lee, or is he, you know, reading the landscape and going, the Paul brothers have all these, you know, views and they're making all this money. And there's a lot of this kind of, even Tyson's legends thing, you know, there's this sort of uh, exhibition style thing is popular right now. And he's just maybe really clever and getting a big payday out of it. Which one do you think? 
actually, you know what? You mentioned earlier, it came to me, you you mentioned the conversation we'd had and you said like, oh, when people start to believe their own hype with it. Um, I was wondering how much of that, if he is like a YouTube star and that's where he's come from and that's where he gets all his seminars through and how much of is it? Is it like a feedback loop with him and his fans? And they're saying stuff to him and saying that he's the next big thing and saying that he could beat people. And then he's doing another demo that shows that. And that's specifically I, why I was asking, you know what I mean? Because you'd have to think if you're going, I just like to them. This is my artist. I think it's interesting. And then millions of people are engaging with it. It's hard if you're not like conditioned, if your ego is not in a really good place to not go like, man, I must be the shit here. You know, this must really be something. Well, you see, this is, you've just said something now. And uh, as I said, this is why I love these conversations because I, it's one of those where you just say something. I, go, oh, I didn't even think about that. You see, the, the problem is uh, the cynic in me is thinking he's just looked at it. He's just really basically some sort of spoofer who managed to find out, you know, without, without sounding out of order, he's one of those characters and he's a great guy. You know, you know, and famous is Master Wong. And Master Wong's great at this. He knows his environment. And he's great at banging out these clips. And they're dead humorous. And I have absolutely no doubts whatsoever that he's really, really good at it, right? DK is the complete opposite, where I'm looking at it. And everything I see, I'm going, none of that seems to look legit, first of all. You're not really that humorous either. And then I'm thinking... I want, I want the realist in him to have turned around and gone, I can make a few quid out of this. But deep down, I think, you know, it's that point where you turn around and go, well, eight and a half million people can't be wrong. You know, they've tuned in and they haven't come out at 30 seconds. They've watched the lot. Maybe I have got something. And then as you, Nathan, said, like the, the, the beauty of it is, uh, martial arts, again, it's a weird, weird, it's a weird, weird culture we're in anyway. But that point where it's, you know where it knocks in and like, I don't know what the Korean version of the Coward of the County song sounds like, but maybe that's playing on an internal dialogue and that bit where he's, he's just had enough now and he's going to lock the door and beat up all of those cowboys. Maybe in his head he's going, well, maybe I can do this. And then he found out that, yo, can't do it. You know, going up against, as he called him, a bear. I, I did look at it and I was like, height difference, weight difference. And then as soon as I hit him once, I saw him hit him once into the head, and then he went straight to the body. I was like, this guy's going to carry him for a couple of rounds. And, you, you know, again, you've got to remember that the whole thing, you do not want to go to Korea and knock out their golden boy because, you know what I mean, you might find it difficult to get out of that airport. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, it, again, but I mean, I mean that in the nicest possible way. You know, we mentioned pro wrestling. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean that's nothing to do with the country. We're, we're you know, no, you no, have no, that no, the, no, you, 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 no, no, no. I was just going to say you get that in the next town over here. Like, no, no, you've hit you've hit the nail on the head because it's like you know, Henzo Gracie was saying, you know, where to go in there, and it would be like, like back off on this guy because you know the crowd has started to hit us, and then obviously in the, you oh, you, you fight, you fight, you, know, you fight the hometown favorite. You're fighting the crowd oh. as well in every sense. Sometimes, be, sometimes during the fight, and sometimes after as well. You know, and are you going to be lucky enough to get out of the stadium? That's the thing. You know what I mean? And it is. It's so pro wrestling now because, as you were saying, the narrative was created that it was like eighty percent of the work had already been done. And he pulled out every single one out of the bag. The only thing that I was waiting for him to say was, oh, I, I should have took off my shoes. Because that used to be the old one in the karate days, wasn't it? Where the guy got beaten up in the pub car park. And like, yeah, but I was wearing shoes. You know, I only kicked with bare feet. And you're like, 
Really? What world do we live in, mate? Nathan? I'll, you know what? That comparison you made with Master Wong there and about the humour, I think that's part of it. That he, took, he, he seems to take himself so seriously. That's... Like, I don't mind people doing demos. Like, I love watching demos. I don't mind people doing that. But taking yourself too seriously with it and being pompous about it and trying to, and looking down on other people when you don't really have the skills to back it up, I think that's what rubs me the wrong way. I think that's why I wanted to see him get knocked out. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Every Even having seen his demo videos years ago, that kind of stuff, That's I haven't put my finger on it. But yeah, there's a little bit of like, he's peacocking when he's doing these weird demos you know like you said you've removed every other element and you're only showing how i always think like you you're tilting the person's shoulders back and you can push down with your pinky on their chest and they're going to fall over because that's the structure of a body that's how that works and so oh my god this guy can take you down with one pinky you know uh it's okay in that demo if you're laughing when you're doing it and going look at how weird bodies are this is how it works you know but it's different when you have this like Steven Seagal look in your eyes and then you sort of pause for uh, applause or something like that, which seems to be his MO. And I agree. I, I, even though I was sort of surprised or maybe even impressed beforehand that he was getting in the ring, I wanted to watch him lose. Right. And it's because of that. Okay. So, but where does he go from here? So before, like before we, you know, we're going to have to go off soon. Um, I know Brad's been offered a fight now against the heavyweight who was at the press conference. Um, and apparently that's going to be, he's going to have time to train for that. And Brad will probably take that fight. Um, but I don't know what, what do you think's next for DK now? Is it, I mean, he's, you know, he's in the late forties. I think, do you think he should have another fight? Do you think he should just go back to doing what he's doing? Um, I'm interested to see what happens. Me personally, um, I look at it and I'm thinking that guy, when you look at the numbers that he puts up, like, so he's just one of the streams we were talking about this earlier. So one of the, one of the streams that we shared to each other hit 300,000, I think. And that's in what, eight hours, you know, you look at some of his demo clips and they're in the millions now. And you know, th this is the thing, you know, you got to remember on apart from Will, Will's a, only a couple of years older than me. But I'm one of those old guys. I can't work out. You get money as an influencer. You know what I mean? And like, I'm sure he's making good money. And I'm sure that if the deck can be loaded so well, you know, in his favor yet again, uh, that he would take another fight. But I, I don't know what he would do. I think, to tell you the truth, uh, MMA, unfortunately, is a very unforgiving mistress. So I think that MMA will not be the one that he will go with. And what he will do is he'll go to a style versus style. So me personally, I like to see him go up against a decent karate cat. I like to see him go up against a decent wushu guy. Uh, yeah, Nathan, when we were talking about the movie, yeah, imagine him going up against Yuri Boyka or going up against Eddie Gordo from Tekken. You know what I mean? Like, now that I'd like to see. I'd like to see him go up against the guy who does capoeira. You know what I mean? It'd be it'd be amazing, um, but I think if he went for another MMA guy, I don't think it'd be I don't think it'd end well for him, especially if he actually did anything but boxing. That's the other one, Kurt. 
I am always here for the idea of style versus style fights. I, I wish that somehow UFC could go back to when it was doing that. I just think that stuff is, is a trip, but uh, I don't see him doing anything besides chasing paper. I, I, I think this whole thing is a money grab at the end of the day. I think if we didn't see this sort of, um, oh, I don't know, like burgeoning thing of YouTube people getting all of this, this money and publicity, I, I have to assume he's looking at that and going, I have these numbers too. Why can't I get some of that money too? And I think, I mean, he's calling out saying he can take Conor McGregor and people like that. That's obviously, you know, he's just trying to. Uh, um, okay. So coming <laughs> in 2022, uh, Woma promoted uh, Mick Tully versus DKU. Uh, <laughs> Mick has to fight with one hand tied behind his back, hopping on one leg. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.